the enemy, you don't really know if it was Satan or not. See, there's moments you get attacked and you know Satan and his demons are at work. But there's moments you get hit and you kind of want to say it's life or it's just casual. And I'm not saying that everything that occurs to you is Satan. I'm not saying that. I don't believe that myself. You know, me and Josue, actually I stole from Josue. For those that are visiting, Josue is my son. And for those online. And Josue, I, I love his phrase. He says, Satan is not after your washing machine. He says, as your washing machine breaks down, you say, well, there goes Satan again. No, it wasn't Satan. It just broke. <laughs> okay. Okay. But he's got better things to do. But there is a truth that behind the washing machine breaking down, Satan's not there, but he will attack you from a distance on your reaction to the machine breaking down. So what I'm saying is that the indirect attack, you get hit and you don't know if it's Satan or if it's not. Why? Because you can't see it. Sifting, he's holding him and beating him. And I, and I, w- I wish I could teach, the, I should teach a lesson on, on how Satan sifts you. But, but, but he's beating and after he beats you, he starts throwing you into the air to separate. His whole goal is to separate you from the seed. And what's the seed? The seed of faith. So he's trying to separate you from your seed. That's what he's doing when he's a direct attack. Indirect attack, he's trying to do the same thing, but he's smart enough to do it from a distance. Pastor, where do you get all this from? It's in scripture. Ephesians chapter 6 verse 16 says, in all circumstances, Paul says, explaining spiritual warfare, he says, take up the shield of faith. He says, grab your, the seed, the seed, the faith. Again, different portion, different Bible portion, same concept. Just to, that's a parallelism. And when there's a parallelism, it's a confirmation theologically that it's true. In all circumstances, take up the shield of faith, which can extinguish, watch this, it can turn off all flaming darts of the evil one, all flaming darts. Another version says all flaming arrows, and it's a better version, better translation. It says all flaming arrows. So Pastor, what are you saying? He, he shoots from a distance. That's what it's saying. He doesn't, it's not man-on-man contact. You know, if there's the enemy, he's not here man-on-man hitting you where you could see him. He's at a distance. So he grabs an arrow at a distance. As the Bible, I'll flame. he grabs an arrow and he'll shoot it at you. Now you may say, Pastor, well, how does that work? He's trying to get out. Listen to this. Satan is trying. First one is direct attack from Satan. Second one is indirect attack from Satan. He's at a position where you can't see him. Listen to this. Oh, this, oh man, this is also good stuff. You can't reach him, but he could reach you. Why? Because out of sight out of mind. I don't see him. I don't blame him. But does that mean that Satan's not there? Well, let's think about it for a second. Let's grab an arrow and show you because we don't illustrate this the right way. Watch. I'll illustrate this way. Here, bring it up. Come on. Come on, Mac. Mac's going to help me out today. Come up here, Mac. Mac's going to help me out. Yes, she has a pink crossbow. Okay. Why? Because we're in the South. That's how, that's how you kill Puerto Rican muggers. <laughs> All right. Now, we don't think about this for a second. Can I, can I borrow one of your other arrows? Can you give me one of these? I want you guys to think about this. Now, some of you familiar with hunting, you guys are okay with this. Originally, I didn't want to do this this, this way. I wanted to prove the shield of faith. So I thought that I would stand with something and she would shoot at me. Then those that know how this works said, Pastor, you shouldn't do that. And I said, why? In case they miss, just no, in case they hit. <laughs> 
And I said, why? I said, Pastor, the arrow is built with the speed and the strength. Tim is telling me the speed and the strength and the tip could go through what you're holding and it could actually hurt you. Now, Josue had showed me a video the other day about Mike Rouse shooting a bow and arrow. And it was pretty sick because he shoots a boring arrow at a mattress and he hits the mattress and it goes through the mattress into the tree and it hits the tree and it breaks the branch after that. So after seeing that video, I'm glad she's now shooting at me. However, I want you to think about it. What, what the Bible is saying is that sometimes Satan has direct contact, but sometimes he doesn't have direct contact. He does indirect contact, and he still shoots at you. So let's just say you're that chair over there. What Satan's doing is that you're over there, ah, la, 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 just living life well and normal, and from a distance, the Bible says that Satan shoots at you, something like this. Come on, give it up first. You hit it right there, man. Thank you, Mac. So it hits directly to you. Now, when it hits you, it might not kill you, but it still hits you. And here's the thing. You're standing around. Now, imagine I'm that, and it hit me, and I'm like, what the heck happened? You following me? What Have you ever got hit by life that you're like, why? What the heck did I do? Indirect spiritual warfare tactic. He's trying to get you confused and he's trying to hit you. Now, he's not just trying to get you confused. If we go to what the Bible says, the Bible says that he, that we need to hold the shield of faith to which we can extinguish all the flaming darts of the evil one. It says all the flaming arrows. Now, let me explain this to you a second. When it says flaming arrows, the word the Bible uses here is puro. That's the Greek word, puro. Puro means to ignite. And I want you to think about this for a second. So he grabs a flaming arrow. It's not just any arrow. Now it's a flaming arrow. And this is what he does. The difference between what I just mentioned and what you just saw is this. A regular arrow just hits you. A flaming arrow, now he's going to shoot at you with a flaming arrow. Pastor, why does the flaming arrow make a difference from any other arrow? It makes a big difference, and I'll explain to you why. (sighs) Thank you, Jesus. (laughs) I didn't want to go down as the pastor that burned the congregation down. We would be famous, though. (laughs) Okay. Pastor, why is there a difference? The difference is because Paul's not talking about the hit of the arrow as much as he is about the flame. Pastor, what? Paul, if it was just an arrow, Paul would not put emphasis on the flame. That word flame means he's shooting fire at you. And you say, right, Pastor, so what's the deal? You really got to go deep down to understand what the fire really meant. Theologically, when you read it, what it should say if you read it the right way, it says, in all circumstances, take up the shield of faith, which you can extinguish all flaming, all puro. And puro means to heat, to ignite. See, puro is literally, puro is literally when you ignite it. It's not as much. It's when you hit that thing to turn it on. That's what puro means. So what he's saying is he's shooting at you with ignition, with heated condition. The way I wrote it is he's trying to ignite your fire. Now stop. So you're saying, Pastor, that makes no sense. Why would Satan try to ignite my fire? I thought God was trying to ignite my fire. No. 
Puro means he's trying to bring you the same exact word puro. Look at it in two Bible verses written by the same author with the same context. Look at it. In the Bible, I'm going to read it from the message version. Um, if I take you to 2 Corinthians chapter 11, verse 29, the same word puro says, and not that, look at this, he says, and that's not half of it. He says, when you throw in the daily pressures, watch, there's Paul writing, same author, same author, same word. When you throw in the daily pressures and anxieties of all the churches, he's talking to Christians, when someone gets to the end of his rope, I feel the desperation on my bones. When someone is dubbed into sin, an angry puro ignited. Fire burns in my gut. Pastor, what are you saying? He's talking, he's saying, when I get hit with anxiety, when I get hit with pressures, when I see how the church is failing, when I see how sin attacks inside of me, there is a puro, there is an igniting fire that burns in me. It just it makes me angry. So when the Bible says anger, anger is one of the illustrations of what puro means because it meant the same in the scripture. So pastor, what are you saying? I'm saying that Satan tries to hit you with anger. You take anger for granted. You think it's something simple. The truth about it is that Satan's trying to hit you to make you angry. You think it's just, oh, I'm just upset at him. I'm just upset at my husband. I'm just upset at my mom. I'm just upset at my dad. No, actually, it may be somebody from far distance with an arrow trying to hit you to knock you out and just just, just really make you angry. And here's the part. See, the reason it goes with fire, the difference was that if it went with fire, if it went with fire, the same arrow, and it were to hit with fire... Here's the crazy thing about it. When it hits, what happens to the thing it hits? It lights up in fire. You following me? So what I'm saying is Satan hits you with arrows because he's trying to get you ignited on fire. When you feel you can't no more, when you feel you're angry, when you feel you're out of condition, it's Satan throwing that fire at you. So you say, I just have anger problems. You just say, I'm just an, I just get angry. That's, I'm angry at my boss. You, you, you are sitting here thinking it's just anger, and it's much more than anger. It's spiritual warfare, Satan throwing darts of fire at you. Here's another place where he uses the same puro word, same puro word. I'm going to read it from the Jubilee 2000. It says, verse 9. I'm going to go to 1 Corinthians chapter 7, verse 9. First of Corinthians chapter, same word, same author, same thing, same concept. He says, it says, but if they do not have the gift of continence, it says, if people get together and if singles have, don't have, if they can't go without having sex, let them marry, for it is better to marry than to puro. <laughs> it is better to marry than to puro, to set on fire. Here's another one. Here we go. What is it, Pastor? Sexual desires. Come on, you could all, okay, I know it's Sunday morning, nobody wants to think about it. Okay, we all think it's a PM thing only when Jose preaches. Porn, yeah, 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 no, yeah, because that's where it's spoken out, out, out loud. You know, pornography on internet, sexual desires, married men thinking about a woman that's not theirs, women thinking about a man that's not theirs, impure thoughts, fornication, desires of the flesh, when Thoughts that you didn't even think about, homosexuality, lesbianism, just hit your mind. And, and all these uncontrolled desires are at you. You're coming at you, and they're hitting you, and you swear that what's hitting you is just life. When the truth about it is, again, puro. He's trying to ignite the fire inside of you. But it's not a good fire. It's a bad fire. What I'm saying is that Satan shoots certain emotions 
anger. Have you ever, has anybody here, and I, was, I wasn't going to say this, but I'm going to go ahead and say it. I, I, I thought when I say this, people are going to look at me like I'm crazy. They're going to say that, the pastor, that, that, you're, you're just trying to fit that in there. Anger, okay, it's in the Bible. Yeah, sexual desire is in the Bible. But crying is not, pastor, you're just making this up. But let me just, I wasn't going to say this, but I'm going to say it. Have you ever cried? But I, I'm not talking about just like, uh, I'm talking, have you ever cried, cried? That you, I mean, I'm talking about boogers coming down the whole you know what i'm talking about have you ever cried to that point and then you feel hot have that happened to you you feel like overwhelmed with the heat instead of feeling cold you could be cold you say well pastor of course i'm huffing and i'm puffing and i'm breathing and 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 it just makes me hot no 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 it's an emotional drain pastor what are you saying satan from a distance will try to attack you to get an emotional drain out of you he wants to get your emotions to control you Instead of you controlling your emotions. So he hits you. And when it goes and it hits you. You ignite. Some in anger. Some in crying. Depression. So so that's the indirect attack. See the direct attack. Is when he's attacking you. Physically. He's got a hold on you. He's held on to you. That one's dangerous. I think that one's a little more dangerous than the emotional one. To be honest with you. Why? Just because he has a hold on you. And you need something like we did earlier today. When you said, when I had, um, the David was playing the drum. I don't think the song was all that great, musically. But I do believe that David was playing with a special anointing. And he was going. During the song. And I felt as he was doing that, how everyone. It's God ministering through him to release bondage in you. I believe that song was releasing bondage. So that's why I came up and I said, grab your, and it was funny because we started off in prayer in the service and people were releasing their things, but I really felt they had it. They released it and they went back to the seat and they had it back in the seat. Then I said, all right, let's do this again. I said, let's try it a second time around. Hold it in your hand. You raise your hand. You held what you were, what was concerning you and you let it go. And when you let it go, it's not, David is ministering to you, helping you let it go. It's like, it's gone. It's gone. Pastor, why? Because you have to let go because if not, it'll hold on. I, listen, either you hold on to it, and that's a question, or is it holding on to you? If it's holding on to you, what is holding you back? What, what, what emotional drive? What, what situations, what circumstances are controlling you? That's, that's direct attack. Indirect attack is not that. Indirect attack is when it's not so much physically what's affecting me, but it's not the sift. But it's the burning arrows that are affecting me. What's messing with your mind? Come on, man. I can't help you more than you help yourself this morning. If you're in iChurch, God brought you here because you're in a deeper search for the truth. What they're saying, say, you want the truth? What? You can't. Pastor, I want the truth. I want the truth. And the truth comes out. Oh, I don't want that truth, Pastor. Well, the truth is that emotions may be working an area in your life that you think are just emotional when the truth about it is it's spiritual warfare. And he said, you can't figure out it's spiritual warfare because he's from a distance and you can't see him and he's hitting you with it. So, Pastor, what do I do when it hits me? Well, this is what we tend to do. We scramble. When it hits you, and it would have been a great illustration, but it would have been painful. When it hits you, boom, it turns you on fire. And what do you do? It's a method of survival. You know, you're rolling on the floor. It's a method of survival. You scramble. And I believe that we live our lives scrambling because emotions. I call them emotional scrambles. 
I believe we live our life. You may be living your life. You're at work, and, and, and the bank account doesn't add up, and, and it doesn't go, and you're there, and you're looking at it, and the accounts don't, and you don't know how you're going to make it this year, and you're looking at it, and when it hits you, as long as you're, look at this, as long as you're looking at the number, it's a direct contact. But then when you stop looking at the numbers, and you went to bed, and it's 3 a.m., and you're still thinking about it, now it's indirect emotion trying to hit you, and you can't sleep. You're restless at night because of the emotional scrambling that occurs because of the darts of fire that have been shot at you. That was his plan from the beginning. So, Pastor, he's really not trying to hit me. No, he's trying to get you to scramble. <laughs> he's trying to get you to, to go crazy. I'm broke, so I got four jobs, and I'm not at home with my wife or my kids anymore. You got the money, but you lost the family. Come on, somebody say amen. So you scramble, and in your scrambling, you go crazy and in despair, and you forget what the truth is. Satan's job is to get you to scramble because he messes you up emotionally. Look at First Peter chapter 5, verse 9. Talking about spiritual warfare and Satan. Look what the Bible tells us. This is the advice he tells us. I'm going to go for verse 8. He says, the Bible says, be alert and of sober mind. Your enemy, the devil, prowls around. He's prowling around. You don't see him. He's from a distance with burning arrows, like a roaring lion looking someone to devour. He wants to take you down. Verse 9, resist him. Look at the thing. Res- the instructions are, resist him. And look how you, look how you resist him. Pastor, I'm going to resist the devil. How do you resist the devil? Standing firm in the what church? faith. Pastor, so you're saying that I should stand there like a dummy, let him hit me? Yes. Well, that ain't too smart, Pastor. I'm not just about to stand there and let Satan hit me. His job was not to hit you. His job was to get you to scramble because he knows he could hit you, but he knows he can't kill you. He can't kill you. And because he can't kill you, he's trying to get you to scramble. Because he can't kill you, he's trying to get you to scramble. So what do you do? Don't scramble. Don't scramble. You know, um, um, uh, uh, Daniela, my youngest daughter, um, she's always has, um, uh, how do I say this correctly? Um, I don't want to discredit my own child. Um, let's just say she's a little more, and I think all people are like that. Some people are a little more tender than others, right? Emotionally. And um, in my house, the untender ones are Josue and Sarah. I have four killed children. So the first and the third, they are they're a little more emotionally stronger, I guess. Right? They're more they're more propensed to be hit by physical direct attacks than indirect attacks. Because when it hits them, they're the people that break the hour and say, burn, 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 burn. You know, that, 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 that's the type they have to most of the time. Now, my other two children, Chris and, and Daniela, they're a little more emotionally um open. And because they're emotionally open, I don't know if that's the right term. I might, might confuse you a little but but the the fire doesn't even have to hit them it could go in front of them (laughs) oh my god a fire it almost hit me and they'll start scrambling before now you you're laughing but some of you are laughing because you're that person (laughs) you're laughing because yeah i cry for everything pastor I cry in commercials, Pastor. You know, you know, you, you know, and that's and 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 and, and here's here's what I want you here's what I want you to realize here's here's what I want you to realize on this here's what I want you to realize what I want you to realize on this is that that when the Bible says to resist them and stand firm, it requires this sense of faith. I, I was looking for it and I couldn't find it. I didn't jot down the Bible verse, and I know it in Spanish, don't know it in English. So you just 
forgive the Carlos Rodriguez translation um, of the Bible. But it says, I'm not, um, you, it says, you could knock me down, but you can't destroy me. Scripture says. It says, persecuted, but not beaten. You know? And, and what I'm saying is when you have that attitude, boom, <laughs> burning, but you can't kill me, boy. Take another one if you want. I am firm on what I have believed, and it's that my God protects me now, tomorrow, and forever. Is anybody could praise God for that? Paul says, resist firm, standing firm in the faith, because you know that the family of believers throughout the whole world, I'm ministering to you, is undergoing the same kind of suffering you are. You wanted a word from God? Here it is. Resist him, standing firm in the faith. Because the suffering that you're living, it, there's somebody in this room on the other side of the room suffering the same thing you are. Suffering the same exact thing. And the God of grace who called you to his eternal glory. Um, I'll end with this. I'm sitting at the, um, at the side of the bed uh, Wednesday night. And I'm going because there's a sister here, Karen Whitehouse. And she, she's been helping incredibly this one sister in our Spanish congregation called Carolina. Some of you know her, many of you don't. Carolina is one of the most humble, hardcore servants you would ever imagine. Carolina got hit with cancer five years ago. And when she got hit with cancer five years ago, the doctor told her, you have six months to live. <laughs> Literally, he knew that God decided that he didn't want six months. He wanted more for her. So he extended the period of her life. Um, I wish I had it now. There's a picture of Carolina on, on Facebook. And we'll actually have her funeral service here Thursday at um, 6 o'clock. And if you want to be with us, you're more than welcome to come and hear the testimony. Um, she, Carolina was um, hit with cancer. And Carolina's picture on Facebook, that's Carolina right there. And Carolina, Carolina got hit with cancer and um, when she was walking into this church. She said, I got six months left. And she's bared that for six months. She, I mean, she came in with all her hair and she lost it all. And she, she did the maintenance to, I don't know if many people know this. She did the maintenance to iChurch. She was our maintenance person. And she would come when she couldn't anymore. When she couldn't physically anymore. I told her, Carolina, you, you have to stop this. And she cried and said, take anything away from me, but don't take away from me the joy of being in the house of God. So she would clean, and the, you would see that the cleaning was harder and harder for her. I remember coming once at 7 in the morning, at not a little more, like 8 o'clock in the morning, 8.10. And she's outside in front of our offices, and she's doing the squeegee on the glasses. And she is, her shirt, guys, is drenched in sweat. Just drenched, drenched in sweat. And, um, I mean, just drenched. And I look at her, and I say, Carolina, what time did you start? And the sun isn't even hitting the building yet. I said, what time did you start? And she says, 8 o'clock. 10 minutes and she's drenched. And I look at her. I go, Carolina. And she starts crying and crying. But I mean, guys, I mean all out. <gasps> Heated. <gasps> I'm like, Carolina, Carolina, come in. I hugged her. She says, Pastor, he wants to take this away from me. And I don't want to let it go. Take my health and kill me. But don't take away my time serving in the house of God. 
This is all I could give, Pastor. This is all I could give. And I've only been here for 10 minutes, and I don't have any more strength, and I can't, but I don't want to go home. So I grabbed her hand, and as I grabbed her hand, I started doing the squeegee with her. And she would cry, and I would remind me of Moses and Aaron. I've never told this story, but we did it together. And I said, we'll do it. Don't worry. We'll figure it out. We'll figure it out. We'll figure it out. After she finished the window, I put her in the car and sent her home. My rest of my staff came in. I said, can you take Carolina home? I said, Carolina, see? It's just that sometimes you can't do it alone. You got to do it together. Wednesday, I'm sitting on the side of her bed. And um, Karen Whitehouse taking her to all her chemo. The chemo was not working. They were doing experimental medicine with her at the end. Her system shut down completely. Karen Whitehouse knows it's time to go. I go next to her and I sit next to her. And she says, she says, I know I'm over time, but please just bear with me. Um, she says to me, she looks at me and she says, um, barely breathing, barely moving. Um, she would not, I mean, Karen Whitehouse tells me, Pastor, it's better all over her body. It's done. It's her hour. And it's okay. And I go over to her and I speak to her and I say, Carolina. And she says, I said, what is God saying? And she says, I could hear him calling. She says, I hear him calling. But, but what if he wants to heal me? What if he wants to heal me? And I said, he may want to heal you. But what if he's calling you home? She said, wouldn't that be a lack of faith? I said, do you believe in him without seeing him? She says, yes. And I said, if you believe in him without seeing him, sister, you are of faith. And I said, next time he calls, you answer back. She says, I answer back? I said, yeah. Next time he calls, you say, here I am. Take me home. And she, she could barely breathe. And she's, she cries. And she says, that's right. Because for me, to live is Christ, and to die is gain. She says, this is this, this. She says, so no matter what I suffer here, it was burning. No matter what I suffer here. God will restore me, right? Resist him standing firm in the faith because you know that the family of believers throughout the world undergoing the same kind of suffering. Verse 10. And the God, verse 10, and the God of all grace who called you to his eternal glory in Christ after you have suffered for a little while, after you have suffered, after you have suffered for a little while, will himself restore you and make you strong and firm and steadfast. To him be the power forever and ever. Amen. Will you please close your eyes and bow your head? With your eyes closed and your heads bowed, I don't know what boiling water is hitting your neck in the steam room. I don't know what darts of fire or arrows of fire are coming at you and hitting you on the side but i'm here to tell you today in the name of jesus to stand firm i'm here to tell you to resist satan standing firm in the faith 
don't walk by what you've been told if it's sickness walk by what you believe if it's hurt in your heart walk by what you believe i'm here to tell you to stand firm in the faith knowing that god is going to restore everything you hurt everywhere it hurts everywhere it broke everywhere there is damage god can restore it no matter how many times it occurs no matter how many times it happens God can restore it in your life. Now, I'm not making an altar call this morning, so if the word hits you, it better hit you right where you are because Satan's sending darts of fire and I'm sending buckets of water your way. I have come this morning with a bucket of water to tell you in the name of Jesus that no matter how hard he tries to hit you emotionally, you can overcome it if you stand firm and you believe God for a better tomorrow. I'm here to tell you that you're here this morning because God has already told you and you heard his voice and you responded and God told you, I need a change in your life. I want to put you in a new position. I want to put you in a new circumstance. And Satan's trying to get you to move so I can't give it to you. He's trying to get you to scramble because if he gets you to scramble, you'll miss your blessing. And pastor's telling you in my name, stand firm in what I called you to do no matter what you see. Don't let your emotions make you scramble. Don't run like a crazy nut. Stand in the midst of the fire, in the midst of the boiling water and say, no matter how hot it gets, I have a God who has control of this and receive the bucket of water in the name of Jesus because I declare that you will be restored. You will be restored to a better condition than the one you had. So if you receive this word, let me pray for you. Father, I thank you today for this word. I thank you because you spoke to my life and to those watching online and to those in this room. May we no longer ignore the schemes of Satan. Next time we get hit, we know that it's more than just anger. It's more than just an sexual desire. It's actually Satan trying to get us to move away from our faith. May we stand firm in what we believe and what you have called us. From all the way online to all those in this room, may your word now that was planted bear its fruit in its due season thank you god for this steam room because you have a purpose in it in jesus name amen god bless you church you can receive the word today you get something out of it